Last week, I spoke to Ben from Parcel all about the global impact they are making around the world in global health supply chains, which is really, really important right now. Plus, we also talked about how they're changing the insurance game and logistics with technology. So if you missed that episode, you're going to want to go and check that out. It's episode 143, wherever you subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain or under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. What is quality assurance? SQA believes that quality is getting what you paid for. Quality is spectacular, iconic, heroic, patient safety, safe flights, and astronauts to space. Quality is worldwide. SQA has a global footprint that supports complex and highly regulated supply chains. The partnerships SQA has created over 25 years have benefited through integrated strategies where SQA is able to support clients on an annual basis. Each year, SQA works with its client partners and their suppliers in over 70 countries, deploying a robust network of over 1,000 associates. SQA understands the complexity and challenges within a global supply chain, and our clients have seen that the results from SQA exceed their internal efficiencies. Annually, SQA performs 3,000 audits, 150,000 hours of component inspections, and 35,000 hours of engineering supplier development. Quality is what you put into it and how great you want it to be. For over 25 years, SQA has been a leader in assessing, monitoring, and improving supply chain performance. Quality is SQA, so come and join us. You can visit us at sqaservices.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Coming up this week, we are recording our first episode in our new diversity series that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait for you guys to hear all about it. It is called Blended and the first episode is going to be a really, really good one. We've also got, I am moderating a panel for FIT, the Forum for International Trade Training at the Supply Chain Canada National conference coming up um, this afternoon as well. So a really great week over here at Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome a woman in supply chain who is the Vice President of Transportation for the world's largest home improvement specialty retailer. She's an honors grad, has worked for some of the biggest names from Kraft to JCPenney. As if that wasn't enough, she serves on the board of a host of associations advising the industry and championing female leadership. I cannot wait to tell you who it is if you haven't guessed already, but I'm going to keep you on your tenter hooks a little longer until after our question of the week. So this week's question of the week, what's a book that has had a significant influence on your life? I saw this over on Damon John's Instagram and I thought that it was a great question and I wanted to hear what the community had to say. Joe Selena 
Um, she has two favorites, The Alchemist by P. Colho. Col- um, raised her awareness of being in the moment and follow your heart. And The Four Agreements by M. Ruiz, both really good books. I've only read one of them, so I'm going to go have to do have to read the other one. Prakash, The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Alvaro, Bride's Head, revisited from Evelyn Waugh. Brian Glick, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, taught me to love the little things. Leading Geeks taught me to understand other people's motivations. The Count of Monte Cristo taught me how to play the long game. Jammin says the adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain have had a huge impact on me. Uh, Shafi says finish. Give yourself the gift of done by John Acuff. Personally, he also seconds the alchemist as well. Thank you to everybody who chimed in and weighed in on the question of the week this week. We do it every single Wednesday morning. So stay tuned, check our LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for that question. So now back to today's podcast and the incredibly inspiring woman in supply chain I have with me today is Michelle Livingstone. From gaining her degree in business with a concentration in transportation, Michelle has gone from strength the strength. Her career has seen her achieve leadership roles within large organizations, move all around the U.S., and now sees her helping to shape the whole future of transport and supply chain. Today, Michelle will be talking to us about her impressive career, her love for and commitment to the industry, and the importance of supporting women in supply chain. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Sarah. I am so happy to be here. I am really excited to talk to you today because you and I have been on the JOC Diversity Committee together for a couple of years now, and you're a really, really big advocate of diversity in the industry. You have also had an enviable career in supply chain. And for all those women who are up and coming in the industry who may feel a little disheartened now and then, you are the proof that if you're ambitious, you work hard, and of course you have the talent, there is no limit to the success that you can achieve. So let's dive right in. I always like to get some context and start at the beginning, especially for women who end up so successful in what is typically a male-dominated industry. So growing up, what career did you have in mind for yourself? What were your ambitions? I mean, did you always want to get into supply chain? Well, actually, no. I really started off wanting to be a teacher However, my father was in trucking most of uh, his life and almost all of mine, and I really appreciated the dinner conversations that we used to have. So never underestimate the value of of a dinner conversation with your children, because in the end, what I chose to do when I went to college is I was a business major with a concentration in transportation. And one of the reasons why I chose the field was I knew something about it just through family conversations. And then secondly, not many women were in the industry. So I felt like it was a good industry to enter. Not an easy one, but a good one. Yeah, I love that story because I grew up the same way. I mean, my dad owned a 3PL. And so I remember talking about logistics as far back as I can remember. And I always say that supply chain's kind of in my blood because it was something that we spoke about when I was so young. 
I totally agree. He really helped me to appreciate the value of a driver, the importance of trucking, getting product from point A to point B. And I really appreciate, and he has kept me humble. I would also tell you that, um, making sure that I understand the carrier perspective through our, throughout the years. It's been terrific. Yeah. And that's so important, right? Keeping the different perspectives and understanding it from all points of view. And, you know, you're a great example of that. And so, you know, I love to ask women in supply chain when and how they found their voice, but you have worked for some big named companies since the very start of your career. I mean, there's Kraft, JCPenney, and now the Home Depot. Does that mean you found your voice pretty early on? What did that look like? Yes, I realize now that when you start working at 14, which I did, I started uh, at Burger Chef, which I believe are now all Hardee's, uh, that you really learn customer service skills, and you learn how to communicate with management. And I really feel very fortunate that I had that experience early on. So by the time I got through college and was in the real world, I did have my voice and I was uh, willing to use it. And I will also tell you that, uh, you know, you get stronger as experience with experience, but it really was a, a good thing to have early on. But I also tell you that I didn't always feel like I used my voice to the extent that I could to help other women in the workplace. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about many of the causes that I, I support these days. That's really interesting because we talk a lot about how opportunities need to be provided at different levels, right? You know, um, and also sort of that mentorship and and the guidance, you know, just having a discussion or communication with somebody to find out what their goals and objectives are in their career and and helping them sort of pave that path. Um, I don't know about you. I didn't really have that. And I think that it's super important and people are really starting to see how important that is. So what would you, what would you say to that? I mean, you're such a, an advocate now. What, what did you not do in the past that you think that you would change now or have changed? Yeah. When, just first of all, let me react to a couple of things you said. First of all, it's fabulous to have a mentor. I don't know that I actually had a formal mentor um, while I was coming up through the ranks. What I was very fortunate to have are folks whose opinion I valued, both men and women, and I would solicit their feedback when and their, their advice and input when that made sense. So today, I think companies are much more aware of the value of mentorships and mentoring. And I know I take it very seriously when I mentor um, associates within Home Depot and within the industry and happy to do that. So I, I feel like folks should continue to reach out to those that they appreciate and value and continue to solicit input for it. And now I need you to re-ask the back part of that question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was I was kind of wondering, you know, what what was it that you that you didn't do before? Because you said that you, you there was times where you had wished that you'd used your voice, and how how has it differed now? How are you using it more now? Great. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Sarah, for for that. The way that I would characterize it is, there were many times I was a senior ranking. A woman in the department that I was in. And as a senior ranking woman in the department, I really had an opportunity to be part of conversations that others were not. And 
I find as I reflect back that I really had an opportunity to make life better for other women going forward. And I didn't always use my voice in that way. I was very uh, aware that I was in a male industry. I was very aware that I had kind of clawed my way to the top and I, and I was very pleased with that. And instead of advocating for women, uh, I chose sometimes to be silent. And of course, if you asked me for help, I'd always help. But I realize now that I could have been more impactful uh, going forward. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it's also important for other leaders, you know, to really learn and understand that uh, of their actions and how they can make an impact and what that means for the next generation of supply chain. Because, you know, we've got some amazing people coming up in this industry with some really great ideas and bringing on new innovation. And it's just important that we're all kind of aware and figuring it out and, and helping each other out on how to figure that out and and pave the way a little bit easier for, for everybody else as well. So as we mentioned, you're currently VP of transportation at the Home Depot. Can you tell us a bit more about that role and what you do? I mean, Home Depot is a huge brand, so I'd imagine that the role is pretty intense, but you've been with them for about 13 years now, so you really must enjoy it. I absolutely do enjoy it. I tell folks that uh, 13 years later, I still skip to work. And a couple of things that attract me to Home Depot is the fact that uh, we have a very much a servant leadership style. We have an inverted pyramid. And we also guide our daily principles against eight core values. And those core values align very well with my personal core values. So it's a great match from that perspective. And I will tell you that working at Home Depot is very challenging. It, I really appreciate all the opportunity to move product internationally and domestically through our supply chain and ensuring that it arrives at our distribution center and store and also, uh, we support our downstream, which is our direct-to-customer line as well. And so it really is a breadth of, of responsibility, and uh, I have the ability and pleasure of working with the great cross-functional partners. And I'm sure it changes every day. I mean, isn't that the beauty of being in logistics and supply chain? It absolutely is. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much. If you enjoy fast-paced, high-energy challenging, thought-provoking workload, certainly being in supply chain and transportation specifically is a great area to be in. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely for you if, if you have those qualities. So what changes have you seen in supply chain, transportation, and logistics over the time that you've been at Home Depot? I mean, the face of the industry has changed a lot. Do you think events like the COVID crisis this year are the things that will drive future change and innovation? There is no doubt that the current COVID situation has brought about great change. And in many ways, it's it's been for the better, certainly from a technology perspective. And it's been terrific uh, to get us to realize that you don't have to all be in the office at one time on the same day to be very effective in your daily workload. So from that perspective, it's been good. But just in general, the the support the technology that we've been able to implement in the very deep analytics, we've invested heavily in analytics and that has truly, truly proven to be a, a game changer for us. 
So I get asked this all the time about what skills, you know, um, we're looking for when, when we're looking at our supply chain teams. And it came up the other day that a miner in some sort of tech would be good, you know, whether it's data or coding or, or things like that. Would you agree with that? What, what do you think that, you know, students or um, other supply chain professionals should be looking at when they're looking to upskill? Definitely a desire and an interest in the data analytics would be a big plus. The ability to analyze data, know how to pull the data, analyze the data, interpret the data, and be able to act on the data are all great skill sets to have. And then, of course, you need to to temper the data part with uh, experience of operations and understanding what yeah. the, the business are. So, you know, one thing won't get you there. It really needs to be the p- full portfolio. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. I mean, you know, and it's, and it's exciting, right? Because now there's so many different um, programs for supply chain out there and for students to really get an idea of what it looks like um, from a career perspective. And I think you're right. I think moving into the future, you know, not only do we need the operations experience or the operations knowledge, we do need some sort of tech skill that goes along with that to be able to help your teams move forward, help the leadership team. Um, and it just makes you sort of that much more well-rounded and somebody somebody that you would look for on your supply chain team. So you are extremely active in the industry. You serve on in leadership roles for the Transportation Institute of the University of Denver, the Coalition for Responsible Transportation, the Retail Industry Leaders Association. So as a woman in supply chain, how important is it that you have a seat at those tables, that you have a voice within these influential industry bodies? Because that's another question that I get. You know, should we join these associations? Should we join these memberships? Um, I've been on a board for the last uh, 10 years for a a non-for-profit in the international trade space. And I think that if you get that seat and you get that opportunity, I absolutely think you should take it. So what do you think? I totally agree with you, Sarah. It really is important to be involved in the industry. It is a great place. Those boards are a great place to really fine tune your own knowledge base because you're often interacting with others that are in the industry, but may not be doing exactly what you're doing. And then it is also a great networking opportunity. uh, And to have that who's who in the industry has proven to be very beneficial. So I really am involved in quite a few things, as you mentioned, and, and more than what you actually uh, read off, but I, I really feel that it's time well spent. I, I like the ability to give back. I like the learning experience of being able to drive organizations forward and how we can accomplish that. And certainly because there are not that many women in uh, senior positions, um, I do feel an added responsibility to make sure that I am doing what I can to make sure that our voices are being heard in a variety of places. Yeah. And the one thing that I would add to that is not be afraid to start early or even to approach an organization or a board um, early on in your career to find out if it's something that you really want to do and you want to be involved in to get involved with it early. I mean, the board that I went to, um, I was a member for, for a couple of years and then I approached the president and said, I really want to get more involved, you know, 
what is your policy around being a board member? What does that look like? Do you have young people on your board? I'd really like to bring that perspective um, from the industry. And so that's just something that I would add there um, because I think it's really important that we don't wait either. I totally agree with you. That's a great perspective. All right. And you mentioned other organizations. Well, you are also serving on the board of the Network of Executive Women. You're an awesome, which is Achieving Women's Excellent in Supply Chain Operations Management and Education Advisor, amongst so many others, like you said. Why is it so important not to get complacent and to continue championing female leadership? That's a, a great question. And it again comes back to, to purpose and the way that I feel I can truly give back. I've learned so much from the women that I've interacted with, both in the network of executive women as well as awesome. And it is truly an opportunity to expand the network, expand the thought processes. And it's to your point, important to get started early. And the network of executive women is really interesting because it isn't just supply chain. It's more broad than that. So it it does provide some different perspectives. And awesome is truly awesome because it is focused on helping women uh, achieve senior level positions and providing that network that had not really existed prior to awesome being formed um, five or six years ago. Yeah, I've had a couple of ladies from Awesome on in the Woman in Supply Chain series, and it's been great to hear about their journey and their role in the organization. I don't know a ton about it. Can you give us just a little bit of an overview of what Awesome is all about? Absolutely. So Ann Drake was the uh, president and owner of DSC Logistics, and she was recognized by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, CSCNP. Uh, And when she was looking out over the audience, she realized how few women were in this very extensive audience. And it was at that moment in time uh, that she committed to creating awesome and helping other women be successful and to move through their career in supply chain. And I really applaud her. It has been a labor of love. Uh, She's devoted a tremendous amount of personal time, energy, and finances to get awesome going. And it's been such a great organization to recognize women accomplishing things in the industry. So, and, you know, there's also a, a component of it where we're helping other women come up through the ladder as well. So although it's intended for executive leaders, um, we recognize the importance of making sure that we're bringing other women up behind us. I love to hear that. And I'm glad that you gave us the overview of that because I feel like, you know, for all of the people listening to this episode, they're going to be able to go and take a look at what you guys are doing. And I love the name. Awesome. I mean, I mean, you know, what a great name for for a woman's organization. And yeah, they'll be able to go and take a look and see what the opportunities are there for them and um, see how it can help them in their career as well. Um, So I want to talk about some challenges. Um, What are some of the challenges of being a woman in supply chain? And on the flip side of that, what are some of the benefits? I mean, I know for myself, I've, I've overcome some challenges that I've, I've spoken about on other episodes, but I think, you know, it can be a very, very exciting and rewarding time. 
um, to be, or right now is a very rewarding and exciting time to be in supply chain and especially a woman in supply chain, because I think the conversations around diversity and inclusion are just getting that much bigger, um, or, and that much more in depth and that much more important to what we're doing in this industry. I, I totally agree with you. Certainly the benefits far outweigh any challenges that I've experienced. So I would just say I'm so thankful and appreciative of the opportunities that I've been given. And we just need to ensure that supply chain in general is an area that where we can attract and retain other women trying to uh, make a career for themselves as well. I mean, supply chain and transportation specifically is not for the faint of heart. I mean, it is right. really a 24-7 job, as, as you and I both well know. And mm-hmm. so that is not always appealing. But there are so many areas within supply chain that I think it's easy to uh, transition from one to another. So it really is an opportunity to see end-to-end, make a big difference and uh, to the company. And companies are recognizing supply chain for the important role that it plays. So the opportunities are, are tremendous. Yeah. And when I talk to, you know, the next generation of supply chain or, or they come to me and, and they ask different questions and I'm sure you get this all the time too, but I, I really encourage them just to get into supply chain, get into an area of supply chain because there's so many different opportunities and possibilities that you couldn't even imagine just just by learning um, in university or college that you need to get in there and you need to see, you know, what are you good at? What do you like doing? And, you know, try your hand at different things in supply chain. And then you're really going to figure out what that, what that path is going to look like for yourself. I totally agree. And I don't know that everyone appreciates and recognizes that within supply chain, we mirror the rest of the business. So we have supply chain HR, we have supply chain finance, we have supply chain, um, mm-hmm. obviously, distribution, inventory planning and transportation. But there are all of the disciplines are represented within supply chain, and they all fit together And once you get into one area, you'll appreciate the end-to-end perspective as you move across the supply chain. Yeah, and I would also say that, you know, companies in the industry are also looking at outside industries. So even if you're in in another industry currently and you're taking a look at supply chain and potentially making a leap into supply chain, I'm glad that you brought up that point because I think that it's necessary and important for companies within this industry to take a look at people from the outside in and they're going to come with new perspectives and innovative ideas that can really drive some of the change that we need in this industry as well. So you have a business degree from Indiana University and you now serve on the Supply Chain Academy, um, which is, I don't know how, do you sleep eight hours a night? Because it just sounds like you are, you are doing so many amazing things in the industry. Uh, Well, thank you. Uh, No, I don't sleep eight hours a night, but that's okay. (laughs) I I get what I need. (laughs) Well, that's good. So do you feel like you've come full circle in your career? How does it feel being back there educating the next generation? It feels awesome. I was so excited when Indiana University created this additional academy and and created a transportation board within it, because it truly is wonderful to take this experience that I've had that I've been gathering for the 
you know, for decades at this point, and be able to bring it back to the students that are just so bright and so eager. And there's just so much opportunity. I, I am very energized by it. So we engage students in projects so that they get a taste of the real world. Of course, there's internships as well. And it truly has been a terrific uh, use of time and energy. Yeah. And I'm sure you just continue to get inspired, right? As in a leadership role like you are at Home Depot, I think it's also important to, you know, get involved with the next generation and be inspired. You know, I, I always use this example. I was talking to somebody who just came out of a supply chain management program, went to work for HP, and she was talking about how she has a passion for um, interior design. And she loved the warehousing course because she thought that in designing a warehouse, she was using those skills from interior design. And they just think about things so much differently. <laughs> That's a great example. Yeah. So on your journey so far, what have you learned about yourself? What does the future hold for you? What I've learned about myself is that I really enjoy working with people. I really appreciate the opportunity to help others grow and develop and achieve their hopes and dreams. And that keeps me very energized every day. So that is uh, something that I enjoy doing, which is one of the other reasons why I participate in some of these uh external organizations as well, because it's great to influence the folks within my group, but it's also good to have influence externally as well. So that's one of the things I've definitely realized is an important part of what makes me want to get up and, and do great things every day. Awesome. Awesome. So finally, before we wrap this up, what advice do you have for girls and women looking to follow in your footsteps? I would say absolutely just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just give it a whirl. I think it is a fascinating industry. There are so many ways to get involved and to grow and develop your career. And I think that if you are, don't allow it to intimidate you, uh, you will be pleasantly surprised at all the wonderful things that you too will accomplish. I love it. I love it. Michelle truly is an inspiration for women in supply chain everywhere. Do head over to LinkedIn and connect with her and look, to, look out for more information on those all important women in industry groups as well. We will have all of that information for you. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts and especially episodes in Woman in Supply Chain, featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. So make sure you head over to letstalksupplychain.com and go and check out our Woman in Supply Chain page. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show and sharing with us your thoughts, your perspectives, your leadership, as well as your journey. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate the opportunity. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. 
If you liked this episode, make sure to go and check out our Woman in Supply Chain page over at letstalksupplychain.com. So many amazing stories, challenges, obstacles, how they've been overcome, how to take risks, advice, and so, so much more. Next week, I am joined by Tyson from Palette Alliance. And I know some of you have been asking me to do an episode on palettes. Well, it is here. And they are giving us some incredible information about what you might not know about palettes and why it is that important to your business. So make sure to check that out next week. If you're enjoying our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV as well. Next, you can go to ships. That's S-H-I-P-Z dot com. We are fully launched and we are working with some incredible freight forwarders, importers, exporters, and it's amazing what's going on over there. So you might want to go and check it out if you are a importer, exporter, forwarder. This is the place for you. That's ships.com. You can also find some really cool merchandise and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show, and we will feature your review on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.